Alhamdulillah, once again, with End of Times program, Suhail Ahmed Qadri is here along with our beloved Sheikh Asrar Rashid. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah for joining us once again for the episode of End of Times. Inshallah, brothers and sisters, today we're going to be discussing major signs, minor signs of the end of times. Those signs that will uh, affect us today, tomorrow and in the future will affect our future generations. Something, something to think about, something to take heed, learn from and implement in our daily lives. The Prophet ﷺ said, by the one in whose hand is my soul, that the hour will not be established till predators speak to people and the tip of a man's whip and the straps on his sandal shoes speak to him and his thigh informs him of what occurred with his family when he left. Imam Tirmidhi narrates this hadith and we're going to go to the Sheikh to find out what this hadith means when Rasulullah mentions that the hour will not be established till the, the predators speak to people. So, uh, Imam Sheikh Ahmad Al-Ghumari, he has a book on, on Ashratu Sa'a and he mentions his particular interpretation of this is that these guide dogs that people have that are trained in a specific way. That's the interpretation he gives. But the classical interpretation makes more sense. The mm -hmm. classical interpretation is taken directly from the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That what happened in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that there was a, a shepherd who was herding his goats. And a wolf came along and took one of the goats. The shepherd ran after the wolf and the wolf turned around and spoke to the shepherd. At that point, the shepherd exclaimed, what a strange thing that a wolf talks. The wolf said in response that there is something more strange that between the two lava tracts, meaning Al-Harra Al-Sharqiyah al harra al Garbiya, because Al-Madina Al-Munawra is actually located on an old volcano site. The, the tracts are referred to as Al-Harra Al-Sharqiyah Wal Harra Al-Garbiyah. The wolf states that there is a person, meaning Sayyiduna Rasulullah who has revelation from Allah sent down to him. So what this shepherd did, he took the entire flock and went into Al-Madina al munawwara approached Sayyiduna Rasulullah and informed him of the event. In that context, Rasulullah said that the end of times, meaning before the end of uh, the Yawm Al-Qiyamah, creatures will speak to humans, meaning the occurrence of that has already happened. But the second sign, which is in reference to inanimate objects speaking to human beings, what I cover in the book is something important. That is a rule that can be applied to many signs of the end of times when a, an avid reader of hadith, he reads through Sahil Bukhari or any of the books of hadith and he comes across 
certain hadith prophecies that mention the end of times, but he cannot make any sense of it. There is a rule which I mention, a golden rule, mm-hmm. that interpretation prior to its occurrence will always be prone to conjecture and the possibility of being wrong. The interpretation will be clear once the sign occurs. So the, the sign mentioning that the rod of a person will communicate with him, the, the laces of the, or the strap of the shoe will communicate. These signs prior to the occurrence, ulama in their works gave various interpretations. But today in our times, the sign has occurred. How has it occurred? Through recording devices in the staffs. A person can place a recording device in, even in a pen. These recording devices in the shoes, there are running shoes that people can go jogging and the shoe will communicate to them uh, how many miles they have run. Uh, similarly, a person can leave recording devices within their shoe, return home and the recording device will inform them of what their family has done while they were away. We know that's the occurrence of the sign. Yeah. So all the interpretations people were giving prior to the occurrence of the sign were prone to conjecture and being wrong. Mm-hmm. Once the sign had occurred, it was beyond interpretation. Now, while, why this rule is so important is because there are many signs that have not occurred and people wonder with regard to the quiddity, the nature, the kafir of that mm-hmm. sign. Like for instance, the hadith mentioning that a Dajjal will ride a donkey, that between the two ears of the donkey there will be 40 cubits. There is conjecture with regard to the nature of that donkey. Of course, we know with the invention of aeroplanes that the description of what he will be riding is described as himar, but in a hadith, the wording also is mentioned atan. Atan is a mule. That interpretation of saying it is an aeroplane or whatever it is or the nature of that is always prone to conjecture and being wrong because the sign has not occurred. When the sign occurs, we will know the nature of it. Similarly, Dajjal having the letters Kafa and Ra on the forehead. This is in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Some people attempt to deny the hadith or give an interpretation to that. But we will know the nature of the Kaf and Fa and Ra on the forehead of a Dajjal when he appears. The generation that will observe him, they will know the, the quiddity, the kafir yeah. of how that will occur. So this rule is absolutely essential. Whether it's imprinted, whether it's written, whether it's threaded, whatever it will be once it's occurred, then that's when we, it will manifest. Exactly. So when we say something is rational, uh, which is referred to as al-hukm al-aqli, meaning a rational judgment, that which does not contradict the mind, uh, when the sign occurs, you will realize this actually does not contradict the mind. So hundreds of years ago, if people had heard that inanimate objects are speaking, they uh, erroneously may have stated this is uh, impossible, rationally impossible. But once the sign has actually occurred, we know today that the sign has occurred and the nature of the occurrence, the nature of the quiddity of how it has occurred, the modality of how it has occurred is known to us. And this we will be applying to so many hadith. For instance, yeah. later uh, the sign post Isa is that the sun will rise from the west and set in the east. There are many scientific or pseudo-scientific theories relating to this with regard to the nature of the earth, the rotation of the earth on its axis, that the, uh, the rotation may change. 
uh, people forward various uh, propositions with regard to how that may occur. But we will not know the nature of that until it actually occurs. So the generation that will witness that sign, they will know how that will occur, the, the quiddity, meaning whether the earth will change the rotation on its axis or not. Mm-hmm. That is one sign which confounds many people. Additionally, uh, the nature of the days of a Dajjal, so when a Dajjal is, is here for 40 days, the first day is described as a year. So the literal nature of that, only the generation that will live in that time will know. Of course, there were jurists, Hanafi jurists, that extracted legal rulings from that hadith with regard to a region known as Bulgar, where the sun does not set for the entire uh, for six months of the year. Yeah. So they extracted legal rulings from that. But there were the likes of Sheikh Muhyuddin ibn Arabi, rahimahullah, in al fatuhatul Makiyah, where he mentions that this may be due to the pollution. Now remember, Sheikh Muhyuddin, his positions are not based on philosophy. There is a common misconception mm-hmm. that Ibn Arabi was a philosopher. He was not a philosopher. He was from Ahlul Hadith. His teachings were based upon Quran and Sunnah, and he would present kashf, spiritual in, uh, unveilings with regard to what will occur. He states, because of the mass pollution, the dust in the air, the first year will feel like one day because of the, the pollution in the air will not allow for the, the reflect the sun, the light of the sun to enter into the atmosphere. And that makes sense because of the hadith of Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu an in At-Tabarani which mentions that the droughts will be five years uh, to the point that cattle and other animals they will die from the drought and we know droughts when droughts occur there is dust and uh, uh, pollution occurs uh, meaning the dust clouds that cover the sun but Allah knows best because we still stick to the rule the rule is when the sign occurs we will know with regard to this particular hadith uh, after having pointed out the essential nature of this rule it's important for our listeners to know that when you read works like Al-Bidai wa Nihaya, uh, Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, he has a book on Ashratu Sa'a. When you read the Ahadith in there, or you read any work of Hadith which contains Ashratu Sa'a, this rule must be kept in mind. Uh, otherwise, a person will fall into gross misinterpretation or conflating conspiracy theories or pseudoscience with the Ashratu Sa'a, or they will fall into other false interpretations like Dabatul Ard. Mm. When Dabatul Ard appears, the creature who will crawl the earth, the nature of Dabatul Ard, some people they believe he will be the produce of um, science, meaning uh, genetic engineering or something. These type of interpretations have no scope because the sign will only be known and the correct interpretation will only be known once it has occurred. So, But with regard to this particular sign, the means of communication come out. So in Alisha'a of Al-Barzanji, yeah. the means of communication are mentioned where in one hadith, which he cites, and by the way, as I mentioned in the book, in my book, the, mm-hmm. the majority of the hadith are authentic. They are sahih or hasan. Yeah. There are some hadith which need verification, but there are, there are statements in those hadith that we now know to be true. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, إِذَا ثُكِرَ الرَّجُلْ 
ru'iya. If a man is remembered, he is observed. And that's found in Alisha'a. Now remember Alisha'a was written... He's, he's remembered but he's seen, as in yes. you can see him. Yes. So that, the, the interpretation of that could mean what? Is that smartphones or you know the, the applications that are being used today? So how I've placed that in the book is that that is a clear reference to video calls. Yeah. So, when a man is remembered, he's observed. And that hadith, Barzanji gives a citation of that yeah. in his work. That's, remember, Barzanji is a secondary source. Mm -hmm. But uh, in my work, I, for the most part, I attempt to give the primary sources because I went back to the works of hadith and gave the exact reference for those. You mentioned that scholars chose not to comment on this. What was yes. the reason for that? Because the occurrence of that sign had not happened and many of them awaited the time when it would occur. When it occurs, we know what it means. For instance, there is a hadith of Abu Hurairah in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad that when a Dajjal appears, he will go unto the region near Uhud and he will point out to his followers regarding the masjid al-masjid al-nabawi and he will he will refer to it as al-qasrul abyad the white palace mm. and that is a prophecy in a time when al-masjid al-nabawi was what was constructed from wood palm leaf trees uh, palm tree leaves uh, and mud in that time to be referred to as al-qasrul abyad so barzanji says in his time he says the masjid is white and it looks like a palace. But now in our time, we know the new constructions that have occurred yeah. in the past 100 years. The masjid definitely looks like a white palace. The same hadith mentions that when a Dajjal will have his encampment in the area known as Al-Jurf. Now the Jurf area is a salt uh, uh, lake, a marsh lake, a mountain also, a black mountain. And the, the palace has been constructed in the time of King Fahad. There was a palace constructed for foreign dignitaries in that exact region, in that location. And that is where that is the site of the encampment of the Jal. Is that the mountain that you're referring to? Is there a hadith of the Prophet when he mentioned that uh, about that mountain, that Jabal min Jabal al Jahannam? No. So that's Jabal Air. There are two mountains. Okay. Uh, Jabal Uhud is in the north direction of Al Madina, Al Munawwara. It is within the boundaries of Al Madina. That is a Jabal regarding which Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Jabalun yuhibuna wa nuhibu," a mountain that loves us and we love it. And then the other mountain on the south side, which is also within the the Hudud. So these are the of Medina. Yes. So, so the, the one that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned is from Jahannam, which is outside of the city. It's in the southern direction. The southern direction. So these are the the because when uh, the, uh, the reason why I ask because when the tour groups go and they do mention that there is a mountain and this mountain is the one, um, obviously Jabal min Jabal Jabal min Jabal Jannah is uh, Mount Uhud, but the Prophet ﷺ said it's a mountain from uh, Jannah. But then they mentioned that this one is from Jahannam. So that region is known as Jurf region. Jurf. Jurf region is mentioned as the site of the encampment of a Dajjal. So today those, uh, th those constructions clearly signify to 
uh, a site, a location for, for encampment of uh, Dajjal. And then he will be deterred to the uh, northern area, to the area of Asham. Uh, why will he be deterred? By the angels. He will be deterred. And remember, this is during his 40-day tribulation. So he will be moved from there to Sham by the angels. By the angels. Now the question The angels arises. relate to the unseen. So the unseen realm, meaning people will not observe any angels. They won't see the angels. But why is it... Now this is a question that probably some of the viewers will ask. Is why will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala facilitate his movements via the angels? Because... Dajjal represents materialism and represents a material God. So the nature of the human at that time is like Bani Israel in the desert. Mm -hmm. They only had Iman in those things which were material. So when people will observe him as a material God, they will worship him not knowing the correct nature of Tawheed that that there is nothing like Allah yet he is all hearing and all seeing. They will worship a man God and this man God when he is deterred by angels the angels are from the realm of the unseen but if the angels were observable then people will see some of the uh, the metaphysical realm but they will not be able to observe those angels that occurrence of that event occurs during his 40-day tribulation when Imam al-Mahdi will retreat so uh, there, there will be a retreat of Imam al-Mahdi mm -hmm. And the 40-day fitna of Dajjal will occur. And retreat from uh, Imam, uh, Imam al-Mahdi will retreat where? Does it say? Do we know? And what's the reason or what will it be, uh, Sayyidina Imam al-Mahdi be doing in that, in that retreatment? So you what's know? essential to know firstly is the kingdom of Imam al-Mahdi, which we can refer to as al-Mamlakatul Muhammadiyah, the mm -hmm. Muhammadan kingdom, which will be re-established, the Khilafah, the return of the Khilafah, which is clearly mentioned in uh, many a hadith that it shall return in one uh, hadith uh, there are five center points mentioned of the khilafah one uh, the first one is al-madina al-munawwara then after al-madina al-munawwara is damascus mm -hmm. then from damascus al-zawra al-zawra is in reference to baghdad because baghdad was constructed in the time of the banu abbas mm -hmm. it's not an ancient city like damascus then the fourth is Al-Qustuntinia, which is Constantinople, which was the seat of the caliphate up to mm -hmm. 1924. The fifth one that is mentioned is Baytul Maqdis, which has never been the capital of the caliphate. And Rasulullah mentions that the caliphate shall return to Jerusalem. So that entails that the caliphate will return and the capital of the caliphate will be Jerusalem. Al-Imam Al-Mahdi, radiallahu an his appearance occurs during a time of tribulation. So as I mentioned uh, previously in a previous discussion, that there are signpost signs before his actual appearance. Mm -hmm. After his appearance, the kingdom that is formed is composed of Al-Hijaz, Bilad-ul Sham, which is Greater Sham, the entire region, including Palestine. And uh, when he governs this, that is when he dispatches certain conquests. So what is known as Ghazwatul Hind, for instance. Okay. Ghazwatul Hind occurs in his time, at that point. So there's a hadith of Ghazwatul Hind, which is essential to mention. Mm. Abu Huraira, radiallahu from the authentic sources, in the Sunan of Imam al-Nasai, Ghazwatul Hind is mentioned. 
in the context that Abu Hurairah mentions that there will be two armies which are from the armies of paradise. One is the army that will fight with Isa bin Maryam, salam, Jesus. Mm-hmm. The second army is the army that will carry out the Ghazwatul Hind. The Ghazwatul Hind is not specified in that particular hadith. So some people they can have conjectured that it's the army of Babur that uh, invaded India, Muslim armies that raided India. Uh, oh Hind, Biladul Hind. But there are additional hadith which are found in Al-Fitan of Nu'aym bin Hamad, which I mentioned previously, people contest some of the authenticity of some of these narrations, mm-hmm. but it mentions the Ghazwatul Hind will be occur at the hands of Al-Imam Al-Mahdi radiallahu an, where he will... Clearly and categorically? Categorically, very clearly, mm-hmm. uh, where he will send uh, s- some battalions in order to imprison some of the leaders of Hind and bring them back and the treasures of Hind will be stored in Baytul Maqdis. Baytul Maqdis is mentioned. The second point of conquest is mentioned is a room. So there is the conquering of Rome, mm-hmm. and then there is the conquering of Constantinople. Uh, so these three are mentioned. With regard to Ghazwatul Hind, the Ghazwatul Hind, which has become a point of propaganda by the Pakistani army, uh, of course, because of the standoff in Kashmir. But that's in order to keep the relevance of the army with regard to militarization and keeping the uh, military industrial complex of Pakistan as uh, a, a corporate business, a capitalist uh, uh, business, in, uh, to keep it relevant. And that is the propaganda of the Pakistani army. Otherwise, the Pakistani army does not actually uh, intervene in many of the uh, conflicts that occur, nor does it have a vested interest in in, in in any in any of the the things that they talk about Kashmir, for example. Um, and neither neither is it very apparent that they really are interested in in liberating certain parts of that. Um, as you mentioned, it's it's a corporate entity, and that's what they. Run so it so Ghazwatul Hind yeah. is is in the time of Imam Al Mahdi radiAllahu mm-hmm. uh, As for uh, India and its occupation of Kashmir, which is uh, the, the current occupation of Kashmir. Kashmir, of course, does deserve, uh, the entire Kashmir deserves independence and the people mm-hmm. uh, because of the heavy military presence in occupied Kashmir and the undermining of uh, the other side of Kashmir. There is an undermining of Kashmiri identity mm-hmm. uh, entirely, the entire region. So when, when, when the, the hadith of Ghazwat uh, al-Hind I mean, what are the borders that are implied in that hadith? What what can we derive? Nothing is specified. I mean, Pakistan is only 70 years old. So obviously that, when it was under the Mughal uh, emperors and the Mughal empire, for many hundreds of years, it was the greater Hind, which incorporated modern-day Bangladesh, uh, parts of uh, the whole of Pakistan, some parts of Afghanistan and, and northern uh, areas of Tibet and, and Nepal and, and, and those entities as well. So the, the actual borders of Ghazwat al-Hind Well, some of where? the northern areas were not annexed to the Mughal dynasty until mm. much later. So much Kashmir, later, for instance, yeah. was annexed much later. Mm-hmm. So these empires, they, they did not have any fixed borders. And by the way, Pakistan is not an ethnic identity. It's a nation state created post-1947. It's exactly. not an actual ethnic entity. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's a, 
a makeup of multiple multi-ethnic groups uh, for Islam. The, uh, at least theoretically, it should be for Islam. Yeah. Theoretically, uh, Greater Pakistan, the concept of Pakistan, was for Islam. But as we speak, that dwindled with time, and currently it's become a, nas a nation state. But Ghazwatul Hind, the purpose of mentioning Ghazwatul Hind was that we as Muslims should not fall into nation state propaganda with regard to some of these ahadith. The Ghazwatul Hind will occur in the time of Imam al Mahdi. The second conquest that is mentioned uh, is the conquest of Rome, uh, and mm -hmm. the Vatican is mentioned specifically. Okay. That uh, al Mahdi will actually conquer the Vatican, and the church is mentioned. And in that narration, as I give the citation to that, the original Injil is mentioned and the, the actual location, the flagstone under which the Injil is located within the Vatican. And we know the Vatican has an extensive library of manuscripts, yes. many things which they uh, are, have never s uh, seen light uh, and for the public to, to, uh, to study. So uh, that is specifically mentioned. And there is also the conquering of Constantinople. Mm -hmm. So that leads to Al-Malhamatul Kubra, yeah. the major battle, which in Christian uh, uh, end days prophecy, they refer to as Armageddon. So in, in their eschatology, they refer to as Armageddon as the location. But in the Hadith, it's referred to as Al-Malhamatul Kubra, the major uh, battle, Malhama, because of bloodshed. I mean, from the word lahm, which is flesh, but there will be major, major bloodshed on, on that site. So those are signs that occur in the time of Imam al-Mahdi But there are signs, so the current period, it's essential for the student of, the, of eschatology, for Sharat al to identify where we are now. And that comes about by identifying the past. So the purpose of mentioning the, the past events, yeah. like we covered previously, with regard to Yazid and the Umayyad dynasty, and there was the Banu al-Abbas, yeah. and after the Banu al-Abbas, there was the Uthmaniyun, the Ottoman Caliphate. Identifying all that period, which also entails understanding history and historical politics to contextualize that. Because I said it's, very, it's a simpleton approach for anyone just to say the current system is a Dajjalic system in the sense that Dajjal controls the system. Mm -hmm. It's it's a conspiratorial outlook, but I said communism or capitalism or any other system of government governance can be described as being Dajjalic in the sense that the nature is Dajjalic, but there is no uh, overall conspiratorial uh, outlook. Mm -hmm. And then identifying the time period that we live in, understanding the age we live in, because as they mentioned with regard to a jurist, Al-Faqih is one who understands the age that he lives in. It's essential for us to understand the political nature of the, the world that we live in, the, the, the power structure and how it operates, but also in terms of eschatology, identifying what events shall occur. So those signs are signposts, they are signposts that will occur before the appearance of Imam Mahdi. And then we do not become victim to joining a cult uh, some of the cults which I mentioned actually constructed uh, bunkers. So I, I mentioned uh, Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Yes. Uh, in 1988, mm -hmm. she had her followers. Al-Faqih, 
is one who understands the age that he lives in. It's essential for us to understand the political nature of the the world that we live in, the, the, the power structure and how it operates, but also in terms of eschatology, identifying what events shall occur. So those signs are signposts, they are signposts that will occur before the appearance of Imam Mahdi. And then we do not become victim to joining a cult. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the cults which I mentioned actually constructed uh, bunkers. So I, I mentioned uh, Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Yes. Uh, in 1988, mm -hmm. she had her followers construct a, a bunker in America out of fear that the Russians will carry out a nuclear strike. This cost them well over a million dollars to construct that bunker and no at that time at that time yeah. and no uh, nuclear strike occurred in pakistan today you have dream claimants mm. there is a, a man in lahore today who based on his dreams yeah. people are following him and claiming him to be al mahdi so th the purpose of the book and and these discussions yeah. is to safeguard us from all types of tribulations yeah. because the nature of al fitna is it, it, it's a universal it entails various types of tribulations. So before Al-Mahdi, yep. it's essential to identify where we stand today. So on the timeline, I mean, there is also hadith uh, where the Prophet ﷺ on the farewell pilgrimage, uh, the, the Hajj, he held to the ring, uh, to the door of the Kaaba and said, people shall I not inform you of the signs of the hour? Sayyidina Salman al-Farsi stood up and he said, uh, Ya Rasulullah, inform us. May my parents be sacrificed upon you, may, may be your ransom. He said, among the signs of the hour are abandoning of prayer, inclination to desires and veneration of the wealthy. Now the latter two, abandoning of prayer we see, obviously uh, it, 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 it's there. Inclination to desires and veneration of the wealthy. Where, do we, where does that fit in? I mean, along the timeline that we've discussed and you've mentioned, how do we see that on the timeline? So line? some signs entail an elongated period. It doesn't mean that's unique to our time. So some signs, when you read Ashratu Sa'ad, there are signs that started after the demise of Rasulullah and they continue. They only increase in intensity as time goes by. So inclination to desires was extant hundreds of years ago. To, but as time goes by, the nature of that increases. So in today's day and age, gluttony or the feeding of the desires has increased through advertising, through brainwashing, meaning uh, just uh, uh, you read uh, the work Propaganda by uh, uh, Sigmund Freud's nephew. Yeah. Yes, you read that work, you realize that type of propaganda has increased people's inclination towards fulfilling desires. So feeding uh, the desires of the stomach and the private organ. These mm. are the, the two main desires. Acquisition of wealth and therefore the veneration of uh, the wealthy. So capitalism as a governing system has increased people's uh, veneration for the wealthy for, for the sole reason of them being wealthy. Even though this existed in previous times where people would venerate a king for his wealth they would venerate certain tyrants for their wealth, certain business people for their wealth, but it increases in nature. So the nature from one generation to another generation, the nature of the fitna increases. So there are some signs 
as I mentioned, why I say signpost signs mm -hmm. is because the signpost signs occur once. But th there are certain signs that occur once and then increase, like the inanimate objects communicating. Yeah. And then there are certain signs that started from the time of Rasulullah and increase in intensity. Mm. The hadith states in Bukhari, there is no year except the one after it is worse in evil. So tyranny occurred in the time of Hajjaj bin Yusuf. Mm. Tyranny occurred in the time of Yazid. Tyranny occurred in the time of Banu Umayyah. Tyranny occurred at the hands of some of the Banu Abbas. But the nature of tyranny increases in intensity. Invasion of Muslim lands occurred throughout our history. But there is a specific sign which is mentioned. The conglomeration, the unity of uh, the hadith states. Mm. The nations shall call upon you. Like how how the akala, the word wording is akala, the eaters, they are, surround themselves around a platter of food. I mean, mm. the way someone sits at a banquet, like they sit at the United Nations uh, when they sit around in a circle, yeah. like this, they, they eat from our resources, our minerals, our uh, lands. All of this is carried out, but the nature of that is different in every age. From the mm. Victorian times until now, the nature of that changes every year. Increases and changes? Increases also. also. So in the time in the Victorian times, they did not utilize the type of weaponry that they have used in the previous century and the current century. Sayyidina Salman Farsi, and he then asked, uh, Ya Rasulullah, will this really happen? The Prophet said, Yes, by the one whose soul of Muhammad is in his power, وسلم, at that time, Sayyidina Salman Farsi. Uh, and, uh, so he said, Salman, zakat will be a debt. The wealth of the state, the prophet, and the liar will be accepted as the truthful, and the truthful taken as liars. Do we see that today? So, in, in the previous sentence that you read earlier, which mentions people shall abandon salah, yeah. it also mentions that they shall follow desires. This is because the abandonment of salah is linked to desires. So, desires including salib, laziness, all of that following desires leads to uh, abandonment of salah. Mm. Like in Al-Quranul Kareem, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the generation of people uh, that they abandon the salah. And what happened after they abandoned? They followed their desires and soon they shall meet a ghay. And ghay is disgrace. Abdullah bin Abbas states it's a particular punishment in Jahannam. Other commentators state, state that the abandonment of Salah leads to disgrace. So that means the abandonment of Salah is due to following desires. But abandonment of Zakat, which is mentioned here, mm. is due to governance. So uh, the, the governor, the Amir, is responsible for collecting of the Zakat and the distribution of Zakat. But the nature of the people will be that they will deem zakat as being a tax, a burdensome tax. When in reality in Islam, the taxes are abolished, and this is why Ibn Khaldun states, aban uh, abolishment of taxes in leads to uh, an increase in, uh, in, uh, in people being uh, affluent. In, it leads to affluency. Uh, 
that was in reference to the Islamic policy of ab 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 abolishing various types of taxations, but only taking the zakat, not only the zakat, there are particular types of Islamic taxes which are permissible. But in the Akhir zaman when governance is affected, there is a particular point where Rasulullah sallallahu mentions that the Kitabullah, the book of Allah, and governance shall separate. Hmm. And that uh, occurred in terms of ostensibly occurred in 1924, but it had occurred earlier. In the 1800s when the Ottomans, were, uh, they carried out their Tanzimat. The Tanzimat movements were reform movements that abolished much of the Islamic law, like the jizya tax. So when, when they abolished the jizya, they replaced the jizya with Western-style taxation. Mm. And Western-style taxation is more burdensome. And that led to rebellion in minority areas. So ethnic groups across the Ottoman territories rebelled against the Ottoman uh, authorities. Mm. Sim like in Azerbaijan and other places, in Europe as well, and uh, in like the Serbs and others. And additionally, they, when they abolished the Islamic law, they abolished it due to pressure of debt. So they were under debt in order to construct a railway system, they took loans and the loans were interest-based loans, riba-based loans. Mm -hmm. That led to the weakening of the institutional infrastructure of the Ottoman Caliphate and the Tanzimat, the reforms that led to the abolishment of the Sharia law, which leads to injustice for Muslims and non-Muslims living under Sharia law. Because mm -hmm. in reality, the Sharia law is very just to non-Muslims because their taxation is very low it's only the jizya, very low taxation, and they are permitted to govern themselves to a large degree. The Christians can rule by the, the New Testament, the Jews can rule by the Old Testament. They're permitted to do this in their own communities. So it gives them autonomy to a large degree. But when they abolished this system of governance, replaced it with Western style, like France, where yeah. Muslims are not, uh, people of all religions, all faiths, are not permitted to do certain things. Yeah. A secular system, entails that everyone is governed in the same way. In an Islamic system, people are left to their own autonomy to a degree. They can even have their own courts. They are given the option of Islamic courts or their own courts. So this level of autonomy, which is found in the caliphate system, was abolished and it led to the government separating itself from the collection and distribution of zakatul amwal. And that is also uh, the uh, the sign of the end of times where zakat, the collection and distribution of zakat will stop, but it will resume once the caliphate has been re restored. And Al-Imam Al-Mahdi, yeah. is, what is mentioned is that the man will come to him, uh, a needy man, and he will command the treasurer to fill his, his cloth, his uh, shawl, with what? With uh, gold. And he will, and he will leave with gold. That will, will be the distribution of wealth in the time of Imam al-Mahdi. Allahu Akbar. And, and following on from uh, where, where the Prophet ﷺ said, the liar will be accepted as the truthful and the truthful taken as liars, the treacherous will be placed in positions of trust and the trustworthy will be considered treacherous. I mean, how can one safeguard themselves from such serious position and a shift of completely the opposite. The truthful will be taken as a liar and the liar will be believed as the truthful and the treacherous will be taken as in, a, in a position of 
trustworthiness. Well, we just need to observe in, in today's day and age, we have the corporate media yeah. and we have conditioning of the population. So the population is conditioned through a corporate media over uh, elongated period of time, generationally. So over decades, someone is conditioned to believing certain things as fact, when in reality they are not facts. So propaganda that we have, a propaganda blitz on the minds of the people th through uh, the rag newspapers or whether it's through uh, previously in Fleet Street in the yeah. 1980s, uh, uh, now we have the corporate media. And, and this fake news. Fake news, uh, which is a result of uh, social media. <coughs> and then also the the reason for governance has, has always been uh, capital gain. And I don't mean that in the capitalist sense. I mean whoever be, ends up in a position of leadership their main motive, their motivation at all times has been capital gain or attaining a worldly, fulfilling a worldly desire. And that ha happened from the time of Yazid, mm -hmm. who was, uh, Yazid was a, an embodiment of that in, yeah. all, in all ways, Hajjaj bin Yusuf, other leaders, in historically speaking. But then we've had the shift to the likes of Umar bin Abdulaziz, Radiallahu an, yeah. who only governed for two and a half years, but carried out major reforms to the point in his time they could not find recipients of zakat. And he governed an area from Khurasan, which is in Afghanistan. By the way, the army of Khurasan, which yeah. so many people mention, yeah. uh, that region is Afghanistan and Iran. So that's another the propaganda by the Pakistani army that the army of Khurasan shall come from Pakistan. But Khurasan is actually East Afghanistan, uh, sorry, Western Afghanistan and Eastern Iran. That is the region of uh, Khurasan. The border parts of both countries. Both, uh, and majority Sunni areas. These are majority okay. Sunni areas yeah. also. So, uh, from Khurasan all the way to West Africa, he distributed zakat to the point that the recipients of zakat were difficult to find. So today when... It's similar to the time in the Ottoman Empire when, when they used to place uh, money in bags and put them on the trees. So that happened in the rule of Muhammad al-Fatih. Yeah. So as I will mention when we discuss the conquering of Constantinople, yeah. because the conquering of Constantinople is twofold. Hmm. The conquering of Constantinople, the first conquering occurred at the hands of Muhammad al-Fatih, who is actually mentioned in a hadith. The hadith is in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad and the Sahih of Ibn Hibban. It's an authentic hadith. Some of the researchers on the Sahih of Ibn Hibban, like Sheikh Shu'ayb al-Arna'ud, he attempts to weaken the hadith. Why? Because if the hadith is authentic, it entails that the man who conquered Constantinople is what? Is a Hanafi Naqshbandi Maturidi. It entails that a Sunni Hanafi Maturidi is praised on the blessed tongue of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam because the hadith states that uh, it will be a great army. Uh, and what a good leader of that army will be. Other people, but the hadith is actually authentic. Other people attempt to say that this is only in reference to Al-Mahdi. But in reality, the conquests of... Was there not a, an army dispatched 
at the time of uh, Amir Muawiyah. So, do do people not equate that to? to so that? what what the uh, some people say is that the the conquest is only one. They say it's only in the time of Imam Mahdi. The correct position is the following: that the conquest will happen twice. Okay. The first time, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam praised the man who will conquer Constantinople, mm-hmm. but did not identify him and did not mention his uh, the which time period he will con- uh, conquer Constantinople. What proves that is that the Sahaba Alim Ridwan, by agreement, by consensus, attempted to conquer the city multiple times because the Amir at that time, in the time of Muawiyah, he was the Amir, he believed uh, oh, that the city can be conquered and he wanted that fadila, that particular virtue. And therefore the conquest occurred and the host of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Al-Madin Al-Munawra, which is Sayyiduna Abu Ayyub Al-Ansari radiallahu an, he was a part of those armies and was martyred or, or died in uh, on the uh, near the citadel of Istanbul. Mm. And his grave is uh, preserved today. So that means that the Sahaba Ali Muridwan did not interpret the other hadith, which is in, Bukh- in the Sahih of Imam Muslim, regarding the Al-Malhamatul Kubra. Mm. And post Al-Malhamatul Kubra, the leader will conquer Constantinople. They understood that hadith separately to the hadith which mentions the virtue of the, ru- the ruler who shall conquer Constantinople. Okay. The second hadith which mentions the conquering of Constantinople post Al-Malhamatul Kubra is interesting because it refers to a room. Mm. And as I mentioned previously, a room, how do we identify a room? First we start with Al-Quran Al-Kareem. In Al-Quran Al-Kareem, a room is identified in Surah Al-Rum. What was a room in that time? A room in that time was the Eastern and Western Roman Empires. Yep. Because the break up of the Eastern and Western Roman Empires occurred post uh, post the time of Rasulullah occurring around the 10th century. Mm-hmm. By the time the Crusades were launched by Pope Urban II in, uh, around in the 1090s, mm-hmm. The, the Western Church had separated itself from the Byzantine Church in yeah. that period of time. Mm-hmm. But in the time of Rasulullah the Western Church and the Eastern Church were one church. So that means that in the Quran, when the Quran refers to Ar-Rum, it refers to both the Western and the Eastern Roman Empires. But then in the Hadith, Rasulullah in the Sahih of Imam Muslim, there is a Hadith very clear that the sanctions on Iraq will be placed by a group identified as Ar-Rum. Mm. Now this hadith on the sanctions mentions three countries. It mentions Al-Iraq, it mentions Asham, it mentions Egypt. Not the hadith in Sahih Muslim. The hadith in Sahih Muslim only mentions Al-Iraq and perhaps Asham. But Egypt is mentioned in another hadith. This has occurred. So in previous times, people may have interpreted what this entails, but we know it has occurred. I mentioned this previously Mm -hmm. in a previous episode, where in 1990 and 1991, the West placed sanctions on al-Iraq. The sanctions actually occurred. 
they continued up to 2003 mm -hmm. and until the invasion of Iraq. So th the sanctions have occurred. That makes us identify who is a room. Who is a room? Mm. Whoever placed sanctions on Iraq is a room which entails a, the current global power structure, mm. which is the UN and all these institutions. All of this cu current global power structure is identified as a, as room, a room positively. Okay. And that includes the UN Security Council, which is made up of Russia and the West. Yeah. And once we have positively identified a room, we also know a room is more specifically in reference to the West because of the sanctions on Asham. Because Russia was not involved on the sanctions on Asham. In fact, mm. Russia is an ally of modern day Syria. Yes. But NATO supplied arms uh, to rebels to, to overthrow the despotic regime. Yeah. Despotic regime. Yeah. I make that clear. Yeah. It is a desp despotic mm. regime. But of course, the power structure has its own motives in overthrowing mm -hmm. that particular regime in order to undermine an axis of resistance to Western hegemony in the region. But these are all despots in the, in the region. And that relates to another hadith where Rasulullah mentions the order of governance where he mentions kings and after the kings they will be Jababira. Mm. So you have the uh, Al-Khulafa yeah. uh, and then you have Maluk which the Ottomans were Maluk and the yeah. Banu al-Abbas were Maluk and the Banu Umayya were Maluk but they were Khilafa in the fiqh technical sense. Mm. And then you have Jababira which is the current nation states. Jababira means tyrants. Of course they are tyrants. You look at the statistics of the people who died in uh, Syria yeah. Uh, in all those regions. So does that tie in with the hadith where, where it says that the, the treacherous will be placed, placed in positions of trust? So is that linked with this, the tyrants who are treacherous but they're now in a position of trust? All the tyrants, they are treacherous to their people in the sense there is zulm. Mm. A person just needs to read on uh, the secret police in those nations uh, how they treat the people. And I remember, if you remember, I mentioned that the men punishing yes. uh, the people with al-Baqar, uh, mm -hmm. like the tails of cows, electrocuting them. Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, where Rasulullah said, two groups of people I have not observed, but they will not smell the fragrance of paradise, even though the fragrance goes far. And one of them was the, the group who works for the tyrants. And, and the other group was uh, in referring to immodest clothing and people, uh, women who incline to uh, desires and making others inclined towards their desires. Mm. And their heads will be like like the hump of the camel. But the first group is the, the, those who work for the tyrants. And these signs have become very clear in our times. So these, uh, going back to uh, a room, that a room has been identified, but there is something that is in the prophecy, is that sanctions will be placed on Egypt, and that is yet to happen, mm. unless you count the Rafa border and Gaza today as Egypt. As Egypt, because the it, Sinai Peninsula. Yes, or, yeah. because it was Egypt. In 1967, Egypt, up to 1967, Egypt ruled Gaza. 
So uh, only but, after the war was it annexed. Yes. So it, uh, in fact, Egypt annexed Gaza in 1948. But uh, and, uh, if we count the Rafah crossing, yeah. then the sanctions have been placed. But the Hadith mentions with regard to Egypt uh, breaking up like a, a piece of dry dung. Allah. And currently speaking, they, they have water disputes with neighbors, with neighboring countries, with, the, with, the, with Sudan uh, and with, uh, with the River Nile. With Sudan and other yeah. countries, mm. uh, they have disputes over the water. So we cannot. Will that spill over with the Suez Canal and, and, and the current um, conflict. conflict that's going on? I mean, is that, part of the, is that part of the sign where we see perhaps that could escalate and include and, uh, and, and, and include Egypt with the... We may the, observe events, but I do not have the prescient foresight. It's always a mistake to make predictions prior to the event occurring. But once the event occurs, we will know. Okay.